Kathy Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on what is probably going to be a spicy kind of a night. I mean, it's no big deal. We only have the Department of Justice and the federal law enforcement arm aiming both barrels at concerned parents. We'll talk about that in a minute. Joe Biden, um, well, we thought he was clueless. Boy, he was more clueless than we even thought about what's going on right now. We have a puppet president. We have Fauci looking like an idiot. And, well, what's the best way to put this? You're going to have to start getting comfortable being uncomfortable. All that and much, much more tonight on the world-famous Jesse Kelly Show. Now... Let's do a little rewind in history before we begin. And and in case anybody's wondering, Jesse, get to the news of the day. I don't obey the standard rules of talk radio. I'm getting to the news of the day. This is our path there. We're going to talk about punishment. What works? What doesn't work? Crime and punishment. How many books and documentaries and things you've seen like that on it? How, how many? Endless, right? Because... You want certain things out of your country right now. You do. Undoubtedly, you do. You probably want a return to family, faith. You probably think two genders was probably plenty. You would like it if we had a strong military led by patriots. You would like it if our politicians on both sides were people who loved the country. You would like, undoubtedly, you would like an end to this radical communist street violence that has all of a sudden just become the norm. Not only the norm, celebrated. Remember, they'll burn down a city. Remember that famous CNN picture that's floating around online where, where the guy's standing in Minneapolis and he's standing in front of a building that is on fire behind him and the little thing at the bottom of the screen said, fiery but mostly peaceful protests. You remember that. And you looked on in horror. I looked on in horror. I'm, I'm thinking, has this world gone mad? This has to stop. Okay. Let's pause there. Let's pause there. Believe me, we'll be back to it in a second. Have you ever heard of Spartacus? You've probably at least heard of the name. For you non-history buffs, let me just do a brief little recap for you. Ancient Rome was the greatest, most successful civilization in the history of mankind. It's not debatable. Don't write me in. It is. It was. There's no question about it. They're just Their technological advancements stunned people who came 500 years after them. Oh, my gosh. Who, how could they build this? It's those kind of guys. And ancient Rome, like every other ancient society, large and small, tribes and major empires, was built a lot of it on slavery. Slavery, remember, is... The history of the world. Gladly, it is shunned on today, but back then, that was the norm. Everybody had them. It wasn't even considered a moral issue. Everyone had them. Uh, maybe you beat yours, maybe you don't, but everyone had them. And when you're a nation as big as Rome and you win as many wars as Rome, you end up getting a bunch of slaves. Well, humans don't like being slaves. I know that's a shock, but it's not that fun to have to do what you're told with no pay and be someone else's property. So Rome had themselves something called a servile war, a slave war, the first one. It rose, and eventually Rome put it down. And then they had a second servile war. It rose up, big one, and then wham, 
Rome puts it down. Got to keep them slaves in line. And Rome was getting a little bit tired of this. You know, geez, the slaves keep revolting. This is getting pretty old. And then along comes a man named Spartacus. You know the story probably. He was actually a trained gladiator. They don't know much about his background before that, but he was a slave. Most gladiators were slaves. And he was apparently a very capable slave. Leads a slave revolt. The Third Servile War is actually what it's called. And Spartacus, um, he starts winning. Uh, he's leading 100,000 men. They're taking on Roman, Roman legions who were the greatest army, thought of to be the greatest military in the world at the time, and he's winning. He's winning consistently. He's slapping them around a lot. Chris said, wasn't he a general? They actually don't know that. They think Spartacus was a possibly a Thracian general before he was a slave, but they don't know that. Thrace, Chris, it was one of the Greeks. That, you know what? Never mind, Chris. I don't have time to educate you on all of it. It doesn't matter. The Third Servile War, Spartacus takes over, and he's winning. And he wins so much, he starts to get Rome a little nervous. Now they're real nervous. Normally, they don't exactly throw their best and brightest when the slaves revolt. It's kind of humiliating to have to take your army down and beat up a bunch of slaves. But eventually, they send Pompey Magnus and Crassus down there, two of their the premier men. They win. Spartacus dies in the battle, so on and so forth. But Rome... Rome had a little pickle. You said they wanted to keep the slaves, but they didn't want any more slave revolts. So they had to figure out what to do. Now let's talk for a brief moment. Don't worry, I'm getting to this uh, protest in America and stuff in a second. This is all leading us there. Uh, just walk with me through my story for a moment. Rome had a thing called crucifixion. This is going to be something every single person who hears the sound of my voice is at least vaguely aware of. Crucifixion although you probably just know it as some biblical thing when Chris's people killed Jesus. The truth is, it was a lot more than that. It was thought of as being something so horrible they wouldn't even do it to Roman citizens. This is going to get gory. Don't worry, it's fine for the kids. It's going to get gory. When you die during crucifixion, you don't die from blood loss. You see, they drive the nails through your feet or ankles, depending on where you are. And then through your wrists or hands, there's debate about that, and they hang you on the cross. You've seen it before. You've obviously seen all the pictures of Jesus. But you see, you don't have any mortal wounds. You have nails through your ankles or the top of your feet, and that ain't feeling that good. But what you have when your arms are outstretched like that is a breathing problem. You see, you could probably do it to yourself in a little way right now. Go stick your arms out as far as you can to your side and then start to sink down and leave the arms there. It stretches the diaphragm. You can't breathe in. You have to stand up on the nails in your ankle bones in order to breathe in. Now, human instinct being what it is, it took days to die. Days to die. The sun, the cold, the breathing. They would beg people. They would try to bribe people on the way by the cross to break their legs so they could no longer have the power to stand up and breathe. That's how horrible crucifixion was. Worst way to die ever, maybe. So Rome finishes this servile war, and they had to figure out a way to make sure there wasn't number four. They didn't want number four. 
Now, what did they do? They took six or 7,000. I forget the exact number. I'm doing this off the top of my head. I just decided to do this about 30 seconds before the show started. They took six or 7,000 of the surviving slaves who had rebelled, and there was a main highway in Rome called the Appian Way. It was the main road. You, you would have had all the traders, merchant people on vacation, no matter what. You're going somewhere. You're cruising up and down the Appian Way. They crucified all 7,000 surviving slaves like light posts along the Appian Way. Ugly? You bet. Inhumane? I don't know if I can think of something more inhumane you could possibly do, especially in mass. Just terrible in every possible way? Yep. But was there ever a fourth servile war? No, there was not. We're going to have a long talk about where we are here as a country. We're going to talk about this for the next hour or maybe the next three hours on the show. We got a big show for you tonight. We got got Tiana Lowe coming up an hour 15 minutes from now. I will take your phone calls, 877-377-4373. I'll answer your emails. I'm going to hit all the other big things. But there is a big thing we are going to have to decide. You're going to have to decide it. I'm going to have to decide it. Every individual on the right is going to have to decide it for themselves. Going forward, are you willing to do both of these things? Admit where we are as a nation? Are you going to live in the past or are you going to admit where we are? That's one and two. Are you going to actually do something about it? Are you going to be comfortable enough to actually do something about it? Because remember, the coming days in this country, they're not going to look anything like the last 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. What am I talking about? Oh, I will tell you all of it in just a moment. But first, the secret is out. Like me, hundreds of thousands of people now have said goodbye to Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, and they have switched to Pure Talk. Pure Talk, you know, the one that saves the average family over $800 a year, the one where the CEO is a Vietnam veteran, and oh, by the way, they're on the same network as one of those big carriers. Uh, Here's a testimonial for you. What a pleasant surprise. I pay for unlimited cell data, and I receive cellular speed that is consistent throughout the month. My previous data provider would slow down my data once I used, quote, too much, too much monthly data. That's Angela from Stone Mountain, Georgia. And listen, Pure Talk has a 30-day risk-free guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. Make the switch. I did. You will very much enjoy it. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Tuesday. I told you today was going to be a journey. Now, remember, it began with uh, what do you want your country to look like? And then we moved from there after we talked about what you want it to look like. Did a little history story about the Third Servile War in Rome, ancient Rome, crucifying six, 7,000 slaves right along the highway. 
What's any of this have to do with today, Jesse? What are you talking about? Well, here's the thing. This is where we are as a country. And I, I don't celebrate this. I'm not cheering, and I'm not trying to bring you down. It, you know, we're going to laugh tonight like we always do, but this is where we are. Where we are is this. The communists in this country, the people who despise this nation and desire its destruction, they now control virtually every single cultural institution. Every one of them. They make your movies. They run your FBI. We'll get to that in a little while. They are the entire Democratic Party. They're half the Republican Party. They're the entire federal bureaucracy. They educate your kids, not just in college anymore, K through 12, and then you send them off to communist finishing school. They're in the Boy Scouts now. They have your professional sports teams. They, uh, they, they play for your professional sports teams, and they own your professional sports teams. They make your shoes. They make your food. The people who hate this country are in a position of power they've never even dreamed of at any point in our history. We're not going over the why right now. That's not what we're doing tonight. Forget about that for now. Forget about that for now. That is a fact. What I just told you is a fact. It is true. Okay? You don't want that to be the case. I don't want that to be the case. I want to live in peace. I I want to be left alone. I, I, you're probably the same way. I just want to be left alone. You want to go be a communist? Go be a communist by yourself. I genuinely don't care. It's when you try to put it on me, that's when it becomes my business. Now, what's all this about? Well, there's video floating around online today out of uh, Sarasota, Florida. Shirley Brown, she's on a school board down there. It doesn't matter. You don't need to yell at Shirley Brown, but Shirley Brown is on a school board down there. The video floating around online, you've probably seen it. If not, we can put it up on our Twitter show page, Chris, at Jesse Kelly Show. There are a bunch of people, few parents, bunch of kids, kind of odd, standing out in front of Shirley Brown's house, waving American flags, don't tread on me flags, shouting things about we see you in there. We want you to come out for a redress of grievances, all this. Okay, so this is a political protest from the right out in front of somebody's home. This is somebody's home. Now, let me ask you something. 877-377-4373. How does that make you feel? And before you call, or I don't care if you call and listen, I think it's important You understand my thoughts on it because I'm going to give it to you right between the eyes. The thought of going to somebody's home and protesting and shouting at them is awful to me. It's revolting to me. Oh, gosh, that sounds terrible. At no point in my life would I have ever, ever thought that that would be something I would ever do. It's just not something I would ever consider. Have the rules changed? Do you want to save the country? Back to that whole, what do you want America to look like? Okay, you have a vision of what you want America to look like. Okay, that's good. I like it. What are you willing to do to make sure it happens? And I ask that because they're, the communists, they're willing to do anything. And I mean everything to destroy that America you want. 
And in fact, they've proven that. They've proven it beyond the shadow of a doubt. Your house, they'll show up at your house, your school, your business. They'll get you fired. I know people like to forget about this, but we have multiple Trump Trump supporters murdered in the middle of the street by Antifa and Black Lives Matter and others. They'll burn your business down and fire a bullet into your head for what they believe. Now, you, a normal human being, probably don't want to go protest in somebody's house, and neither do I, and I'm never telling you to do something like that. I'm not telling you to do that ever. But what do you think is going to make the communists change and back off? I mean, we've done this thing on the right forever. I've seen this forever. We've done this thing on the right of, well, we'll use these lofty figurative language. That's not who we are. We will lose our way. What does that mean? That's not who we are and we'll lose our way. What does that mean? I'm sure that sounds really good in front of your snooty right-wing DC cocktail party, but what is that supposed to mean? That's not who we are. We'll lose our way. These people are aiming the Federal Bureau of Investigation at parents who are trying to improve their kids' education. That's not who we are. What do you think it's going to take to make the communists back off? Do you think they're going to finally observe your good conduct and look at each other and say, oh, gosh, you know, we had this big group together and we were going out and we were going to firebomb a couple right-wing businesses And then we were going to get our online mob together and make this innocent woman seem like some racist so she'll be fired and she'll get run out of town. We were going to ruin her life. Uh, We were going to track this guy down and pound on his car windows, maybe drag him out of his car and assault him. But gosh, I, I just can't bring myself to do it. Look at how good their conduct is. They seem so nice. I, I, I can't do that to someone that nice. Have you seen a lot of that? Have you seen, have you noticed, not just in America throughout history, have you noticed communists conducting themselves that way ever, ever once? They're religious. They're not political. They are religious. They're going to continue to serve their God with every single fiber of their being until it gets too uncomfortable to do so. So again... I would like to rewind a little bit and ask you, are you comfortable being uncomfortable? Are you comfortable doing the things the communist has done? Maybe you're not. Maybe it's time to get comfortable because I got news for you. The communist, he's winning. The right, you know what the right's doing? (laughs) That's not who we are. Well, one of those people's now making the decisions in this country The other one's whining about it on Facebook. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I told you it was going to be a good night tonight, a spicy night tonight. Comfortable being uncomfortable. What are you willing to do? What are you not willing to do? Look, before I get to... Merrick Garland and the FBI and where we're going. I don't want you to feel like I have abandoned the leader of the free world. I mean, Joe Biden, president of the United States of America, he got up and spoke today. And I think we need to pay this the respect it's due. 
When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. They went from state to state convincing people that they put allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. <laughs> what the what in the world? Oh, gosh. All right. Right. Stop. I, I just need a minute of comic relief. All right. Let's talk about incentives. Let's talk about how bad you want change. I mean, let's not forget we just had the presidency. Donald Trump had not one, but two. He had two attorney generals. And I know the proper saying is attorneys general. I just always thought that was so stupid. So I say it the way I want. I went to community college. I can make up my own words. And I mean, look, let's let's try to remember that uh, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, while all this was going on, they they lied to the FISA court. They falsified evidence to the FISA court in order to get permission to spy on and wiretap the political enemies of the President of the United States. And we finally took over. We got Attorney General. And this is what we got. What happened to the president in the 2016 election and throughout the first two years of his administration was abhorrent. The proper investigative and prosecutive standards of the Department of Justice were abused in order to reach a particular result. We saw two different standards of justice emerge, one that applied to President Trump and the other that applied to everybody else. We can't allow this ever to happen again. And it will determine whether there were any federal laws broken. And if there were, those who broke the laws uh, will be held to account. But this cannot be, and it will not be, a tit-for-tat exercise. We are not... Oh, good. Oh, good. But hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna look into it. And I mean, what happened to him was terrible. And I mean, we're gonna look into it. But it's not gonna we're not gonna, it's not gonna be a tit for tat here. But we're not gonna we're not gonna go after anybody for abusing their power. My goodness, what we have to be better than that. That's not who we are, right? Attorney General Merrick Garland, sixth the FBI. On anti-CRT parents. Parents, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Now, I just want to make sure we're all pretty clear on what's going on here. Um, Parents are furious, understandably furious. They're furious about their kids being masked when coronavirus is not a danger to children. They're furious about their children learning to hate themselves and their own country with this critical race theory nonsense. Parents want a change to the education system. Therefore, parents have been doing the most patriotic thing ever, showing up at school board meetings and getting loud, making noise. Tell these scumbag loser communists exactly what you think of them and why you demand change and don't apologize or shrink away from it. And the federal government, what's their AG do? Does he say, well, it's not good, but we're not going to do a tit for tat. No, Their AG, he turns to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the people with the power to destroy your life with the snap of their fingers like it's nothing. And he says, FBI, 
there are those concerned parents. Go get them. Now, which of those two sides, set aside what, what you're thinking right now about right or wrong or whatnot, which of those two sides seems interested in winning? In my opinion, only one of those sides is even playing the game. I do have to give some credit to Josh Hawley, though, calling the FBI out in front today, and Hawley ain't wrong with any of this. Let me just ask you this. Is parents waiting sometimes for hours to speak at a local school board meeting to express concerns about critical race theory or the masking of their students, particularly young children? Is that in and of itself, is, is that harassment and intimidation? Spirited debate is welcome, is a hallmark of this country. Um, it's something we all should engage in. And no, I don't think so, Ms. Monica. With all due respect, it didn't make it quite clear. It doesn't define those terms, nor does it define harassment or intimidation. It talks about violence. I think we can agree that violence shouldn't be condoned or looked aside from in any way. But harassment and intimidation... What do those terms mean in the context of a local school board meeting? If this isn't a deliberate attempt to chill parents from showing up at school board meetings for their elected school boards, I don't know what is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not aware of anything like this in American history. We're talking about the FBI. You're using the FBI to intervene in school board meetings. That's extraordinary. So just to clarify where we're at here, I just want to make sure everybody's clear. When Republicans take power, they are, they are constantly telling everybody, all their constituents, these are all the things I can't do. Oh, that's an abuse. I can't do that. That's wrong. Uh, you, you've heard uh, Governor Christy Nome say that recently when everyone wanted her to ban these businesses requiring vaccine passports. People were losing their jobs. And what you do? Went up on camera and said, aha, that would be a violation. I, can, I can't do that. I mean, I just, I'm, I, these are all the things I can't do. Here's a list of problems you have. And here's a re- list of reasons. My hands are tied. I just can't help. And then Democrats take over. And what do they do? They gather all their forces around them and they try to destroy everyone and anyone who stands in their way. That's how committed they are to winning. And you know what's underrated? What, what, what we don't appreciate enough in this country? Winning. Because you know who makes the rules? The winner. You know why women don't have it so great in Afghanistan right now? Because the Taliban are making the rules. You know why the Taliban are making the rules? The Taliban won. Do you know the reason you enjoy your freedoms? Do you know the reason? Because I, the, the, especially on the right, nobody seems to understand this in this country. So allow me to make sure it's very, very clear to everyone else. You know why you have freedom? It's not because of the Constitution, uh, the Declaration of Independence, that's a piece of paper. That means nothing. You know why you have freedom? Because a bunch of brave revolutionaries picked up their muskets and went and shot British soldiers in the face. That's why you have freedom. But for some reason, for some reason, this has become some sick, twisted, I, I think I've always thought this, I've always thought it's a manipulation of American Christianity. Ah, turn the other cheek. We have to be gentle. I don't know what it is, but it's got to stop. This thought on the right that we never use power, we never are aggressive, we never go after them. Oh my goodness, don't, don't protest in front of their house. That's what they do, and that's not who we are, okay? That's what they do. The rules have changed. Then that's what we do. If the rules have changed, you tell me the rules, and I will play by them. 
If the rules have changed, then them's the rules. The communist has proven he's not going to back off because of your high moral conduct. So if he's not going to back off because of that, he better back off because he gets uncomfortable. He's not going to wake up tomorrow morning and decide he's had enough. He's going to eat and eat and eat until he can't possibly gorge himself anymore. Unless you stop him. 877-377-4373. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I swear that's the greatest song of all time. Uh, the, the, argue with me all you want. Name another song you can hear 5,000 times and you're still jamming. It pained me to cut it off. You know what I should have done, Chris? I should have just kept singing along with it here on the Jesse Kelly. Don't don't doubt my musical talents. <laughs> look, uh, look, I'll get to your calls here in just a second. But, hey. They told you, and listen, listen, a lot of what you're seeing now from the right, as you, you will see now an escalation on the right. You're going to see an escalation of the right doing, doing things they didn't. Remember, Donald Trump got elected. It was a total shock to the system. Historically, when systems get a shock like that, when they get something they view as a disruptor, I mean, honestly, historically, they kill them. But in general, they do everything they can to purge them. And so the left decided anything went for four years. Anything and everything was acceptable in the effort to purge Donald Trump. If we have to lie, if the FBI has to get corrupted, DOJ will impeach him for nothing twice, rioting in the streets, burning down cities, anything acceptable because it's Trump. Well, what you didn't fully understand was every single thing you did Every single thing you did, turning those Black Lives Matter scumbags loose from prison, everything you did, what it did, it adjusted the American mindset on what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. I mean, look, here's here's what they thought. Don't ask me to care about protesters in front of a school board member's house when I remember how you covered last year. I remember it well. I want to be clear in how I characterize this. This is a, mostly a protest. Uh, it is not, uh, it is not generally speaking, unruly. That ain't a riot, what we're seeing right now in Minneapolis. They are strictly principled anti-fascists, and they've taken a principled stand to stand against white supremacists and white nationalists wherever they may show up. I argue to you tonight, all punches are not equal morally it says it right in the name antifa anti-fascism which is what they were there um fighting listen there's you know no organization is perfect there was some violence any reasonable person would say we shouldn't be destroying other people's property but these are not reasonable times thank goodness for the looters man and please show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. I don't care that much about statues. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Do not get it twisted and think that, oh, this is some something that has not never happened before and then this is so terrible and where are we and these savages and all of that. This is how this country was started. People get mad and people get sick of it. People are risking COVID to explain to this country that we're fed up. Most of the major movements in American history have started at the grassroots level and at some point have turned into direct conflict with American government. So 
Remember your history before you judge your present. Thuggishness is thuggishness wherever it comes from politically, and, and we should be the first to call it out. I disagree. Don't tell me the rules and then get mad when I play by them. You excused anything and everything for four years because you didn't like the orange man. Did you think, did you genuinely think there was never going to be a response? Welcome to the Thunderdome, baby. Phil in Colorado disagrees with me. Go, Phil. Hey, so first time listening, I was actually just flipped through the channels here in Colorado, and uh, I heard uh, the tail end of your rant about uh, how, the, you know, the left kind of, you know, started the whole, you know, every time we're in power, we decide to... Phil, hurry uh, up, buddy. We've got, we got to get to the point. I'm sorry, but but the conservatives are the ones who wrote the playbook on how to abuse their power in order to uh, get what they want done. Sorry, but but that was so dumb. Look, I don't mind if you're a communist and calls into the show. I really do not mind. Let me be clear, communists, you are welcome to call into my show. You're welcome to yell at me. You're welcome to call me names. Don't cuss because we're not allowed to air it on the air. But you're welcome to call and yell at me. I don't care if you disagree with me. But the rules for the communists are the same as the rules for people on the right. No, hi. No, how are you? Get to the point. The country is listening. Get to the point. If you're not at your point, you know what? Start timing yourself. If you're not at your point within 10 seconds, you are officially flirting with the danger zone, Jack. Okay? Get to the point quickly. Mark in Idaho. Go, brother. Jesse, so to your point, you fight by the rules the aggressor sets. And that's always been the way of warfare and combat. You were a Marine, and thank you for your service. Our rules of engagement are based on what the threat is we're facing and what we need to affect. There are no more neutral parties in our country. You are either a communist scumbag or you are someone who believes in freedom. I see no more innocence. You're either with us or against us. And it is. Thank you for the phone call, Mark. Look, he's. He's speaking to you from a place where so many people are speaking to you from. And what he said about war, understand that we are in one. It's a political one by the grace of God because I don't want to see anyone get hurt. But we are in a political war here. And the, the more moral, more upstanding person does not set the rules of combat ever. Not ever. You will adjust based on what your enemy does. Period. End of story. You remember the history stories I've done before on um, Japan, on the war in the Pacific in World War II? I mean, I don't mean the fluffy ones you read about. I mean the real history of it. You want the real history of it? You ever hear any of those stories? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't think that I'm going to sit here and give you the highlights you see in Hollywood and you're going to see the Marine with the perfect teeth. And he says, yes, ma'am. And he's got a fresh shave at all times. And, and he was going to take that shot in the middle of combat, but he couldn't risk harming an innocent person's hair, uh, not an innocent hair on their head. He couldn't, he couldn't possibly bring himself to do that. You see, I watch the movies, and every, every, every war, especially fought by Americans, the Americans are basically Captain America. And the rest of us, the rest of us, well... We can only hope to live up to their high moral virtue. Except that's not how real life works. And it's dang sure not how war works. Do you want a couple real stories? I mean, not ones you see in the movies. I mean, real stories about things that happen in war. Things that happen 
and things that people you love, people you consider patriots, things they do, you want a couple? I'm going to give you a couple. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it's, look, it's a little spicy tonight. I'll get back to your phone calls here, but just look, we, we, we have this thing on the right that we have messed up, and we got Tiana Lowe, I can't forget about that, coming up about 25 minutes from now, one of these economic geniuses, but we have this thing on the right. The left doesn't suffer from this at all, and I should note, other countries around the world don't suffer from this. This is almost a uniquely American right concept that, that patriotism or politics it should be statesmanlike and polite. That's not who we are morally. That's a, uh, Hubert, we don't conduct ourselves in that way. Please pass the tea and strumpets. I don't know what that is. I don't know whether that's... Honestly, I, I think a big part of it is a completely twisted, not biblical version of Christianity because Christianity is so prevalent on the right. I th- so much of the American right, the only verse they know is turn the other cheek. I think that's I think it's a big part of it. But there is this thing on the American right where they genuinely feel as if they're committing some mortal sin if they fight ruthless, if they fight to win. Um maybe you read a different Bible than I read. <laughs> I read about I read about a bunch of stone cold killers out there. I mean, we have this twisted view of everything, of history, of the founders. They were just sitting there in their really fancy-looking robes and those wigs. And they would they would never have harmed a, a hair on anybody's head. Their hands were on Bibles the whole time. Yeah, most of those guys were killers, man. George Washington would routinely haul people out, sometimes in his own unit, and put them on their knees and fire a bullet in the back of their heads. George Washington scalped people. Scalped people while they were still alive. Do you know... Those Marines you love from World War II, and you should, you should, you know that they would come upon caves when the Japanese would never surrender. And this was not once or twice. This was the norm. And the Japanese, because they were complete barbarians back then, they would haul women and children into the caves with them. Japanese women and children, I might point out. And they wouldn't let the women and children leave. And so the Americans, they would chuck grenades in there and kill them all. Didn't see those stories in the movie, did you? Do you know do you know how common it was for Marines and Army, want to give Army as much as it pains me, want to give Army credit where it's due. Do you know how common it was for Marines and Army to take prisoners in World War II in the Pacific? Well, not very common at all. In fact, it hardly ever happened. Now, why is that? Uh, yes, the Japanese very rarely surrendered, but it wasn't never. And you would come across, uh, this is this would happen routinely, you'd come across a Japanese hospital where there were a bunch of Japanese soldiers there too wounded to move on. And yet, man, no prisoners. That's so weird. It's not so weird because the American Marines and Army guys that you love and lionize and consider to be patriots, and they very much are, it's not weird at all because they would fix bayonets and drive them through the hearts of the Japanese soldiers as they lay in hospital beds. But the American right has convinced itself, has completely convinced itself that we are somehow going to defeat this disgusting, violent, vile communist menace 
Well, by being the, being the, having the moral high ground, see? That's not who we are, if I have to hear. That's not who we are. One more time, I'm just going to swan dive right off the Golden Gate Bridge. I cannot handle that one more time. Uh, stop being naive. That better be who we are or we're already finished. Or we're already finished. Dave in Colorado, I'm a little fired up tonight. Dave, go ahead. Hey, Jesse. Yeah, we need to uh, remember some of the guys like Samson and David and Joshua from the Bible. They uh, fought for what they wanted. And what uh, I've been aware it's been a war since the 6th, pretty much, and I took action in my own way. I uh, noticed that Pelosi was going to get rid of a congresswoman. So I called in her defense the first week after the 6th and began hassling and hassling. I got three or four voices I use. It's kind of fun, but... I know there's more I need to do, and it's going to get uglier, and we have to get ugly with it or else we're going to lose it. We don't want it to get it to the fighting thing. We want to get— we. He's 100% right. We don't want to get to the fighting thing. That's not what we want. Remember, that's not what we want. So if we're really committed to that, as I am, as I hope you are, no, no, don't want to see anybody get hurt. If we're committed to that, then let's be committed to that. And being committed to that doesn't mean, well, let's let him go. Ooh, I don't want to abuse my power. Ooh, that makes me uncomfortable. I can't do that. Being committed to that means you want to be obnoxious like him? Do it. Show up at school board meetings and let your voice be heard loudly. Follow the rules. That's fine. Get your time and let your voice be heard. And then when you're done in there following the rules, gather with 100 or 200 people outside of the school board and some signs and have some chance ready to voice your opinion at those school board members when they come out. You do not understand how comfortable the American communist has become because he has never been on the receiving end of his tactics in this country. Ever. Do you know... Do you know what it does to the average person when even two or three people are standing together shouting at him? Now you expand that to 100, 200. Remember, don't violate any laws. Don't you dare hurt anybody. Do you know what it does to the human psyche when 200 people are standing outside of the school board meeting demanding change loudly? It shakes people. It scares people. It moves people. Get down there. Run for office. Run for DA, for sheriff, for school board, for state rep. And run because you're the one that knows what needs to be done. Make them uncomfortable. They are completely comfortable with anything. They'll follow you into the crapper, as we saw yesterday. There's nothing they won't do. They'll do anything in order to to appease their communist god. What will you do for freedom? And don't you ever sell me on morality of it. You know who decides the morality of a nation? I understand, Lord, I understand you decide the morality of all. But you know who picks the cultural carrots and sticks of a nation? Who picks what what a nation will follow? Do you want to know who? The winner. That's who. That's who picks it. Do you want to live in a country where your five-year-old changes his gender in kindergarten class? Do you? You think I'm nuts? That's already policy in some places in this country. Do you want to live in a nation that is completely morally bankrupt across the board? Do you? 
I, I don't. Okay, well, if they win, if we polite our way into a loss and they win, that's the kind of country your kids get to grow up in and my kids get to grow up in. A completely broken, rotted, disgusting, decadent nation not worthy of existence. I don't want that. And I know you don't want that. So if I have to hear this be polite crap one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. All right, dang it. Sorry, Chris. I got my blood pressure. I got my blood pressure up tonight. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's get to a couple emails that make me feel better. Jesse, we're conservative Catholic Californians who've been pushed over the line with this vaccine mandate for our healthy seven-year-old. Gosh, mandates for a freaking seven-year-old kid. Good grief. And are now ready to move out of state. You've lived all over. Where do you think we should go? Most likely options are Phoenix in the surrounding area or Dallas slash Arlington, Fort Worth. Arizona allows us to stay within driving distance of family out here. Not crazy about the desert vibe. Love the DFW area when we've been. I'm a Cowboys fan. Oh, barf. Anyway, no, I'm serious. I'm a Cowboys fan. Environment seems to suit us better apart from the weather and distance from family. Your best take, your best take, or you're the best take here. Okay. Look, I'll give this to you straight. I've actually lived in both those areas. <laughs> I've lived everywhere. Uh, I'm very, 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 very biased when it comes to the desert. But you shouldn't be as biased when it comes to the desert. I, I, I had never really experienced the desert. And then I joined the Marine Corps. Marine, meaning water, right? I, I'll be by the ocean. And they promptly assigned me to 29 Palms, California, in the middle of the Mojave Desert. And then we did a six-month stretch in Okinawa, which is the only six months I was even close to the ocean, and then Iraq. And then I get out, and I move to Tucson. So I'm, my life is just drowning in desert. A desert is pretty much the one place I won't ever go back to. So I'm a little jaded when it comes to the desert. That's it. Let's talk about Phoenix. Let's talk about places you can go. Let's talk about reasons you can go there because I'm getting this question a lot, not just from Californians. I'm getting it from New Yorkers. I'm getting it from people in Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Jersey, all the blue state people. My email inbox is full of this stuff, and I'll give you some guidance on, on exactly my thoughts on that, and I'll be honest about it here in just a second. But first... I've been telling you for months and months and months about the uh, a non-lethal gun, Hero 2020. And I'm telling you, this thing is incredible. It is a more powerful solution, much more powerful than the pepper spray in a can. And it's small. It's only about the size of your mobile phone. And these projectiles it fires, 100 miles an hour. They hurt so bad when it hits. And then, boom, all of a sudden you're in this brutal uh, pepper chemical irritant cloud. And it is so debilitating. It even comes with a laser sight. And you don't need a concealed carry permit for it either. Go get a couple. Get one for you and your spouse. Maybe one for your kids. Use the coupon code JESSE at Hero2020.com for a special discount. That's Hero2020.com, coupon code JESSE. Hero2020.com. Remember, state law restrictions may apply. Go protect yourself. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We got Tiana Lowe, genius economist type, coming up about 10 minutes from now, talking about debt stuff. Chris always plays that Metallica music when I get fired up because he likes when I get fired up during the show, and I don't like being fired up during the show. I don't like doing that. But I I saw so much of it today. For those who missed what I was talking about, what I've been talking about the whole show, there was a protest in front of the school board in Sarasota, in front of a school board member's house. And it was a right-wing protest, few adults there, a bunch of kids, flags, signs, and a bunch of people on the right are uncomfortable with it. And what I've said was, we're uncomfortable with anything that has teeth, anything that has teeth at all, when we should be developing much sharper teeth because we're losing. We're getting our teeth kicked in. Back to the email. I got an email, and I've had a ton of these, so I decided to go ahead and answer this one. Uh, they're leaving from California. Want to know good options? What, what about Phoenix? What about Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth? All right, a couple things. Phoenix. Uh, it probably won't be a shock for anyone from California, depending on where you live in California, but Phoenix can be a lot to swallow for everyone not named Kamala here. It's, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, kidding, kidding. Phoenix can be a lot to swallow for people who aren't used to a really, really, really big city. Phoenix is gigantic and sprawling. It's like, uh, reminds me very much of Los Angeles. Chris, you raise your hands. Phoenix competes with Houston for the fourth biggest city in the country every single year. Phoenix is huge, huge and expanding. And like LA, they have all these burbs that are becoming big cities unto themselves because it's so big. Now, that's good news and bad. There's good news and bad news about Phoenix. The good news is there are incredible suburbs to it. And you, you you have great options there. I know everyone's going to make fun of me. The food options really are some of the best in the country. Phoenix has incredible food options just because it's so big and there are so many Mexicans there. So your Mexican food is incredible. Uh, there are, it's just a, it's actually a very diverse city. So there's a bunch of different good spicy food options. And you know, I dig on that. So Phoenix has great suburbs. I don't know how you do with the desert as far as the weather goes. <clears throat> it is... I mean, they, they say this, it's a dry heat, and let's be clear, clear about that. There is a big difference between 95 in Phoenix and 95 where I live in Houston. Houston's a swamp. It's, a, it's, just, it's subtropical. It, it's miserable. In Phoenix, it is dry. It is better. But hear me out, you Californians and New Yorkers and all you other people moving to Phoenix are moving to the desert. 115... It is miserable no matter what. You will get in your car and you will burn your hands on the steering wheel. You will burn your hands on the steering wheel. Those windshield covers you see people have or you put it up in your windshield, those aren't like optional. You will own one of those. And if you don't, you will very shortly once summer starts. I promise you. That's one. Two, this is kind of gross, but I don't care. Your nose hurts more. It's so hot and dry, it dries out your nose. It dries out your feet. Your feet will, uh, I used to, it happened to me every now and then down there. I have these horrible marine feet with calluses and whatnot on it. They're just awful. And they dried out so much, they would split open. My, like the bottom of my foot would split open. Got to be aware of that in the desert. But I think the driving distance thing for pa- family is a good idea for you. People considering Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth. Okay, I lived in that area. I lived in Frisco. It's one of the burbs just like that of Dallas. If you moved to Frisco now and you weren't used to a lot of people, 
that would even shock you because the sprawl of the Dallas area is so huge. You have to remember, if you're moving to Texas, and I know a lot of people are considering this, a lot of people have the same idea. They like a lot of what Texas has to offer. Understandably, I did the same thing too. I moved here on purpose. If you're moving to Texas and you prefer any kind of rural living, you're going to have to be further outside of the city than you're used to because even the burbs now are huge. They're absolutely enormous. But Dallas, Arlington, Fort Worth, beautiful. I mean, I I freaking love it up there. I love the Dallas area. Every time I go visit, and I think I'm going soon. No, I'm going to College Station this weekend. Uh, I'm supposed to go to College Station this weekend. I'm I'm going to a college uh, Texas A&M-Alabama game with Clay Travis. So we'll see how that works out. Now, back to what we were talking about. I saw this little tidbit from John Kerry. And, man, I I feel like with all the other incredible stories out there, I, I feel like we probably undersell all of us. I'm sure you do it. I know I do it. We probably undersell the fact the president of the United States is not a functional adult and genuinely has no idea what's going on. You told Joe Biden that it was not the right. He asked me, he said, what's the situation? And I explained exactly. Uh, he was he had not been aware of that. He literally literally had not been aware of what had transpired. And I don't want to go into the details of it, but suffice it to say that, uh, that the president, uh, my president, is very committed to um, uh, strengthening the relationship and making sure that this is a small event of the past and moving on to the much more important future. And nothing, oh, nothing is going right. What? That was John Kerry talking about France recalling its ambassadors. Remember, France is our oldest ally. We've we've been with France for a long time. They recalled their ambassadors because of a move supposedly Joe Biden made, and he didn't even know about it. And that's one, too. John Kerry, cover for your boys, bro. Am I the only one who lives my life by a certain code around here? Cover for your boy. Okay, I mean, my goodness. Uh, uh, Me and my buddy Luis get home from from playing around a golf, and he uh, uh, goes to the bathroom, and the wife comes out and says, has has he had a lot of beer? You're going to get a – I thought maybe he had one. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Cover for your boy. Good grief. Well, the president called me in and – he had no idea what was going on. I mean, we knew that, but geez, man, how about looking out? Oh, gosh. But look, I mean, look, this is our president. This is the president of the United States of America. Unbelievably, but it is. When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. They went from state to state convincing people that they put allowed them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, we're going to talk to Tiana Lowe about this horrible bill and finances and everything else. Hang on. Joining me now from the Washington Examiner and, of course, from the first TV where you can see my beautiful face every, what, Chris, every single night at 9 p.m. Eastern, my friend Tiana Lowe. Tiana, 
Why don't people love talking about the dead? I mean, I, I think it's just too big. I opined on it last night. It's too big, so people they can't wrap their minds around it, and it's never affected them. But people genuinely hate it. I love it. Oh, you know, I think you and I, we sort of welcome the apocalypse. We understand <laughs> that it's important to embrace the future. I mean, the fact is that $23 trillion isn't going anywhere, no matter how much all the mint the coin activists think that it's just really flipping something across the balance sheet. We know that's not true. But the fact is it crushes the dreams in a bipartisan manner. You know, neither Republicans nor Democrats in the past 30 years have given a damn about the debt. So now when push comes to shove and when we are facing the debt ceiling and when we are facing even the Fed admitting that inflation is a transitory, no one wants to be the person to say it's last call. No one wants to be the last person at a party to say it's time to go home because the sun is rising. But that's the point where we are in this experiment of endless spending. Gosh, that makes that just makes my head hurt just thinking about all the times I've been at a place and saw the sun rising. But we're not going into that right now, Tiana. All right. What is the debt ceiling? Most people talk about it all the time. Everyone loves to talk about it. It's the sexy sexy thing for about a week during every presidency. But what is it? So the debt ceiling initially was not anything that like was that created a large standoff in Congress because initially whenever Congress would authorize spending, it was an individual act, right? So along with passing a bill to say, funds, let's just say, new ships for the Navy, or funds, say, a new grant for education, they also authorized an increase in the amount of debt that the Treasury could issue at the same time. It was around the Wilsonian era that we started creating these omnibus spending packages, that then we had to, you know, authorize debt for a number of things. In recent years, it's become, you know, how much money can the Treasury institute? And I do think that, you know, more progressives are correct that there is a constitutional crisis that comes if we ever hit the debt ceiling because it does export the, the, the power of the purse to the Treasury because then it's the Treasury has to decide what things get funded that Congress has already authorized. The real issue is not that authorizing an increase in the debt ceiling is authorizing the same thing as taking on the debt, because that's not what it is. It's just saying, how can we meet our spending obligations that Congress already authorized? It's that we have uncoupled what we agree to spend with the debt we agree to incur. Those are things we no longer do. And Republicans are just as guilty as doing this about dem as Democrats in the sense that, you know, we pass these major spending packages, say we can do it under reconciliation because the package will be deficit neutral over 10 years. But that, that still is happening right now. Even if it will be deficit neutral in the, in the course of 10 years, you still need to pay back those debts or at least some of those debts immediately. And so I, I, that, so for, I'm, I'm, I'm probably not expressing it in as much technical terms as it requires, but basically it's that authorizing the spending and authorizing the Treasury to administer debt, sell bonds, sell yields and whatnot. That is not, those are no longer issues that are voted upon at the same time. Speaking with Tiana Lowe, the Washington Examiner, and no, I need you. You know, you know very well, Tiana. You must dumb things down for me at all times. So I need you to dumb something else down for me. 
<laughs> defaulting on the debt. And we were going over this last night. I went over all the horrible Republican bills that got signed into law. So everyone knows I've, I've been hammering on this too. What does defaulting on the debt even mean? Who do we owe money to? So we owe money to a bunch of people. Domestically, we issue savings bonds, correct? If you've ever had grandma or grandpa buy you, you know, a class E bond or whatnot, then you know that that bond matures. So they pay, what, $500 in the 90s. And then you are supposed to get a fixed return on that investment so long as you allow that bond to mature. There is also the foreign purchasing of debt. There are individual corporations who purchase our debt. I mean, the big national security issue is that we have a lot of Chinese companies and parts of the CCP that have purchased our debt. So when we default on it is imagine take a credit card bill. You have the full credit card bill, correct? But then you also have the minimum. You don't have to pay the full credit card bill. You can always generate extra interest on your debt. Right now, imagine the U.S. government in terms of we've always been able to pay the minimum required payment, but we just let the interest run rampant. So on top of our new spending, we are having extra spending just on the interest. So what winds up happening is what we saw happen in uh, 2008 and again in 2012. Various credit agencies will downscore our creditability. So right now, we are a AAA-rated currency provider. The U.S. government has AAA credit. That's the equivalent, you know, like let's say you have like a perfect credit score, what you, what you have when you can apply and get an Amex Platinum. Once you stop being able to pay that minimum balance, then you have, uh, you know, Standard & Poor, Moody's, Goldman, all these agencies will then downgrade your credit. This happened, yeah, in, in 2008. We got downgraded to double A, and I think it would, in, in, in one measure we would downgrade it to single A. In theory, what the left and what some people on the right would try to tell you is this doesn't matter because we are the world's reserve currency. But that's not something that's endless. You can rely on that, and you can incur a bunch of debt, so long as your GDP is very high, or as long as your GDP growth is very high. But as you know, and you've probably been better and more consistent about pointing out that to stop a country's economic engine is economic suicide. Because the second that output doesn't match your debt projection, that's when you have a credit crunch. And that's what we're looking at. Okay, the reserve currency. Explain who is who's who's number two. Obviously, I know it's China, but but in what situation would the world take the drastic step of saying, "Okay, dollar, you're gone. China, step right up. It's you now." So it wouldn't be exactly saying we no longer accept the U.S. dollar. It's that you could not balance, you know, a military budget agreed to by, like, let's say NATO with just the U.S. dollar. I mean, so one of the issues with what happened in 2012 in Greece, when Greece went through the whole austerity measures and when you had random Greek citizens, you know, axing ATMs to try and get more cash, was that because the entire EU had adopted the euro and then the Greek government wound up devaluing the euro in Greece, it negatively affected the currency in other regions. So let's take uh, the free state of Florida, governed by our probable future President Ron DeSantis, right? The U.S. dollar in Florida will not cease to mean something because 
the public school teachers will still show up to school, the businesses are still open, that's not totally the issue. But at the same time, if you are reliant on, let's say, a student loan authorized by, you know, the Treasury or Social Security, these are all things operated by the federal government, and you aren't getting those, then it makes it difficult to, to balance an entire global economy. You know, you see, like, in Venezuela, the USD is considered a reserve currency. You can use it. In Zimbabwe, which had a hyperinflation crisis, the USD, among with, like, rubles and a couple of other foreign currencies, you can use them. It just means that fewer deals... Right now, we operate with a lot of... I mean, again, just, just, just credit where other countries will agree to incur a large amount of debt because they trust our ability to pay them back. And we're approaching a point where that may not be true. Tiana Lowe, everybody go follow her, read all her stuff. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. How about that for a segue into buy gold? I, I mean, our goodness sakes, I'm about to tell you about Oxford Gold, 833-995-GOLD. I think I'm calling again during the break. You need real value right now. It is uh, these dollar amounts they're talking about. And remember, this $3.5 trillion bill, it's not dead. They've extended their 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 deadline on it to Halloween. They gave themselves a month Call Oxford Gold Group now, 833-995-GOLD. They deliver real gold to your front door. Again, not a piece of paper, real gold. Make sure you tell Oxford Gold Group that Jesse told you to call. I know them personally. They will take good care of you. I sent my own father there, 833-995-GOLD. Get something of some kind of value in your hands, not subject to the whims of the government and these crazy politicians. Oxford Gold Group, 833-995-GOLD. For gold, you could hold. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. Not all bad news out there. I mean, look, my email inbox is full. I've got a stack of them. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I got a stack of emails. I'm moving. Tell us where. I'm moving. Here or here. I'm moving. Where should we go? Listen, it's better when you move. And one, remember, email me anything you want. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions this week, try to get those in before Friday. Now, I'll explain as soon as I get a chance. Don't worry. I'm going to be here Friday in the chair giving you a fresh Ask Dr. Jesse show on Friday. But get those questions in as soon as you possibly can. Look, when I say to move, hear me out. As you've heard me say it a million times, I've lived all over the place. I know what it's like to live in blue areas. I know what it's like to live in the city. I know what it's like to live in the country. I know what it's like to live in the red areas, the northeast, north, southwest, southeast. I I get it. I get it. When you live in an area that shares your values, your day-to-day, it's the little things, the day-to-day interactions you have with people and experiences you have with people make life so much better. Last, I've, I've brought this up before. Last year, 
in the height of the pandemic, when your city was all masked up and you were trapped in your apartment and the DoorDash guy wouldn't even, he had to leave the food on the door and everyone would yell at you if your mask dipped below your nose, we were having massive neighborhood parties. Of course, with no outbreak whatsoever. We were living our lives. Look at this headline. Look at this headline. Your kid, your kid is getting a vaccine requirement in schools. They've got a mask on your six-year-old. Here's a headline for you. North Carolina school board passes strict critical race theory policy. The Johnston County school board unanimously approved curriculum policy changes on Friday after county commissioners decided to withhold $7.9 million in district funding. The all-Republican Board of Commissioners said they would continue to withhold funds until a policy was established to eliminate the possibility of CRT, critical race theory teachings, and any other potentially divisive teaching topics. Your six-year-old is in a mask. They're about to force him to get a vaccine. In Johnston County, North Carolina, you get fired if you even bring up critical race theory. All parts of this country are not the same. They're, all of them are not equal. When I tell you to balkanize, pack up, and move, that's why I say it to you. It's not for me. I, I've already done it. Now, I'm in the Houston suburbs on purpose. I've done it. And I'm telling you, it's so good. And I moved from D.C., well, D.C. to the Dallas area to here. I'm telling you. The daily interactions you have at the grocery store, picking up a cheeseburger on the side, in the in traffic, the daily interactions you have, the life of, that you have, the life your kids have, night and day different, night and day different. If you're in a blue area and you're thinking about it and you're nervous and I get all that change is hard, hear from me. Whew, it's better out here. Emails. My name is Mark. I live in Parker, Colorado. I'm a conservative. You offer a great message to us. We cannot turn California red again. We cannot turn many other blue states red again. Therefore, it is imperative that we move out of the blue states in order to fortify the red state. Red state says he's moving to Nebraska. It is true. It is true. Save what we can save. Let's save what we can save. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and make you feel better about everything. Oh, America's fine. Look, if it just wins some elections, we'll be fine. Some parts of this place aren't, are beyond salvage. Okay, let's save what we can. There's still tons of sweet spots in this country. 877-377-4373. Claire in Delaware, go. I'm 57. I voted for 39 years. And in 39 years, I've had two presidents that represented me. Ronald Reagan when I was very young, Donald Trump when I was older. It's like once a generation we get a damn person on our side that fights for us, and I am tired of it. Truthfully, I think it's time for a third party. The Republicans have no teeth. They have no backbone. When the Democrats do things, they are like a choir. They all get up as a group and sing in unison. On our party, we get two or three, Josh Hawley, Rand Paul, uh, Jim Jordan. There's a few, but not enough. And I'm tired of it. I I think, as you do, I'm about ready to go to Coons and Corpus House here in Delaware with my bullhorn and get some people and be like a pain in the ass that their people are and stand out and blow it all night long and be a harassment. 
if they're for this weaponizing the IRS, uh, weaponizing the FBI against people, we are losing our country. And I'm going to tell you, we've already lost it. When a court tells Biden that you are to stay in Mexico, stop illegals, and they do not listen. Barack Obama did it, too. You have no country. When you have no laws, you have no country. And this party is ineffective. There is no opposition party, and that's why they get by with what they do. Claire, and the you're not wrong with a single party. thing you said. You're not wrong with a single thing you said. 100% with you. Now tell me what you're having for dinner. <laughs> I already had dinner. Well, what was it, Claire? <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very upset because I see what Claire, what was the dinner? The dinner was the dinner was chicken. But but let me tell you something, Jesse. I homeschooled my kids and when I was in high school, I was like most kids. I listened, things went in one year, went out the other. But with homeschooling and homeschooling high schoolers, I got a chance to learn what I really didn't pay attention to when I was young. And I have read history and I love history. And people better listen. Mao Zedong, Adolf Hitler, none of them had majorities. They were not even near majorities. We're about running out of time here, but that actually pains me because she was rolling. But guess what? I know where she was going with that. She was right. These communists, they've never taken power ever with the majority of the people wanting them. They take power because they have the will to do the things other people are unwilling to do, and they play on your values and your emotions so you won't oppose them. You know what they do? I know you've experienced this. You know what they do? I'll give you a great example next. It is the Jesse Kelly Show final hour. Oh, gosh, it's awesome. It's awesome. What is awesome? Well, me. But first, I love... I, I told you I was going to tell you this beforehand. You know how you know how you know, you know you're getting to them. You know how you know you're getting to the communists because they all use the same language. What do they call anybody who they don't like? Fascist. Everybody's a fascist. Fascist this and fascist that, and it has been effective for so long on the right. Fascist and racist. If, if the communists they figured this out forever ago. The soft, the pillow soft, cushy right. Would, would be so worried about being labeled racist that they will do anything. They'll completely derail their own argument just to prove that. Me, uh, I think uh, taxes should be low. People should be uh, obviously allowed to keep more of their money. Communists, that's exactly what a racist who hates black people would say. The normal person on the right would respond to that. Racist? What do you mean? I'm not a racist. I My, uh, my ex-girlfriend is black. I, I don't know. They get you every time with it, idiots. Stop letting them change the subject by going after your values. They use your values against you every single time. Don't let them do that. Don't let them do it. Don't let them get away with lies. I mean, Jen Psaki got up there today. This is this is one of my... Honestly, I love it because it's, it, it proves my sky is green theory. I love that this has been the consistent messaging from the hive mind. They're all saying the same thing about the $3.5 trillion bill. Build Back Better package is now going to be smaller than $3.5 trillion. But you have been saying that it costs zero. So are you now admitting that the plan does not cost zero? Or is it less than zero? Well, let's let's not 
dumb this down for the American public here. What we're talking about is uh, how much the top-line investments are, which are all paid for, so therefore it costs zero. No matter what the cost or size of the top-line investments are, we have ways to pay for it. So the point is, that's important to the American public, all of your viewers too, is that this is not going to cost the American public a dollar. This is going to, we're going to pay for this by asking corporations the highest income, so people under $400,000, I should say, corporations' highest income to cover the cost of these necessary investments. That's so brilliant. And yeah, oh, it's, it's disgusting and dishonest, don't get me wrong, but that's so brilliant because here's what the Republican response would be. If the Republicans were trying to pass a $3.5 trillion bill, and I wouldn't put it past them, just give them a few years, they'll be trying to pass one of those two. And the press started to press them. Dang, I wish I'd said that differently. And the media started to press them on the $3.5 trillion bill. You know what the Republican response would be? Well, I mean, I'm not, it's not going to be, we're going to get some of it paid for. I, I would guess the real cost in the end will be closer to $2 trillion, but it won't be that bad. It definitely won't be the whole three. The communist never even bothers with that kind of stuff. Nope, it costs zero. <laughs> Wait, what? That doesn't make any sense at all. What do you mean it costs zero? Zero dollars. Uh, there's no possible way. I've, I've been doing the ma- zero. The cost is zero. The communist never wavers. Only the Republican immediately shrinks under the pressure of, of questioning and begins to give ground back to the other side. They do it all the time. That's why government has only grown for 100 years in this country. It's why, despite having the majority of Americans on their side, Republicans have virtually zero legislative wins ever. They can't do it. Democrats, uh, I would like open borders, uh, abortion on demand, and uh, really, really high taxes. What's the Republican counterproposal? That's outrageous. All right, we'll, uh, we'll just give you abortion on demand and high taxes. See, we compromised. Everyone see how we're doing? That's, that's how Republicans do it. That's why we lose. I mean, look, it's... It's why you see kids in the United States of America with masks on. You you do understand a couple things, right? One, we're the only country in the world masking children. Even crazy quasi-socialist European countries are all, uh, what? There's no data supporting that. That's stupid. Are you insane? We have masks on our kids. That's one. Two, You know how many children in a country of 330 million people have died from coronavirus? In the two years since the pandemic began, 498. That that doesn't even put it, I don't even think that puts it in the top 10 for ways kids have died in the last two years. This is not a disease at any risk for coronavirus, and yet... There are going to be states in this country, there already are, California, where they will mandate your child get vaccinated for something that poses no risk to him. Now, how did that happen? Why is that Republicans' fault? I mean, you do remember who was running things when the coronavirus first got here, right? I don't want to point out uncomfortable things, but you do remember. I'm not going to forget it. I remember. I remember well. Every Republican politician, governor, senator, president... I remember the congressmen. I remember the mayors. You're right. This is the end of the world. It'll be millions dead. Now, I'm going to ask you something for real. Uh, forget about what I was saying at the time. I, I, I get that. I, I get that I'm, I'm, I'm a different bird. I, get, I don't pretend to be like everyone else. Who was the Republican 
<laughs> Name me the Republican who stepped up. 877-377-4373. Here's what I want from you. And guess what? I won't get a single phone call. Name me the national Republican who stepped up and said, okay, this is a new virus. Let's slow down and figure out what we're even dealing with here before we start shutting the doors of businesses and demanding vaccines. We're throwing multiple masks on people. We are permanently altering our economy and the mental state of a nation. Everybody calm down and slow down and let's take a moment like adults and figure out what we're dealing with. Now, what I just said to you is the adult response to virtually every crisis situation out there. Let's calm down and figure it out. Name me one national Republican who said that at the beginning of coronavirus. Oh, no, 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 not now. Not now. I know they're all saying it now. <laughs> These lockdowns are crazy. I mean, in the beginning, when the narrative was being set, when we were, when we were choosing a direction as a nation, which direction we were going to go, I want to know, back then, who's the Republican who did it right? Can you name me one? I bet you can't. I bet you can't name me one Republican who had the guts to step up and say it right, even the ones who knew. Because there were, there were some that knew, right? But they got too intimidated by the mob to say anything. Oh, I don't like these lockdowns. That's what I'm getting. I'm getting these text messages. I'll never forget it two years ago. Text messages from U.S. Senators. Yeah, these lockdowns are crazy, Jesse. I agree. This is going too far. Me. Well, Senator, uh, do you think you could say something? Oh, man, no. Everyone's going crazy right now. What? Lead. We need you to lead. We don't get leaders anymore, though. Email. Most handsome oracle. Ooh, I like this person already, Chris. I think she's very observant with excellent eyesight. She goes on and said, it occurred to me today that one of the reasons I like listening to you is you remind me of my husband, an old school man's man who loves to point out guys that have never been punched in the face, actually enjoys annoying people and will go out of his way to do so. And is completely immune from guilt when people get mad at him. <laughs> wow. That actually is me. I even find myself listening politely when you tell a story I've heard 10 times before. Yep. De definitely like the old man. <laughs> To clarify, since you don't know, since a lot of people don't know, what I said about never being punched in the face, manners are one of those things your child is going to learn eventually. And your child can either learn through your stern voice, maybe the back of your hand across his rear end, or somebody someday is going to teach your child manners with a fist across his face, or worse. I see these videos online all the time now of these crazy coronavirus worshipers following women around stores. Following women around, it's generally in a grocery store. It's almost always, of course, in a, you know San Francisco or, or L.A. or something like that, New York, something like that. And there is a man, a grown man, following a woman around the store, yelling at her for not having a mask on and just following her and harassing her. And that's not a man who is just generally rude. I mean, yeah, he's rude too. That's not a man who's, who's a jerk to women. He's that too. That's simply a guy who's never been punched in the face before. 
all it takes is getting sucked in the face a few times in your life, a little too mouthy, as I have been the hitter and hitty several times, and you learn to watch your freaking mouth. Leave women alone in this country. Leave women alone. That is not a difficult concept. All right. If you've got a small business, you know there's nothing more valuable than your time. So why are you wasting it at the post office? Stamps.com makes it easy to mail and ship right from your computer. No special equipment required. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com makes your life easier. You'll even get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. And their rate advisor tool lets you compare shipping rates across carriers so you always find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And when you go to Stamps.com and use the offer code JESSE, you'll receive a four-week free trial plus free postage in a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top, and enter the code JESSE. That's Stamps.com, promo code JESSE. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, we still have a lot more to get to. 877-377-4373. Did you see what the leader of the World Economic Forum said? Now, this is not some small-time dork, right? This is the leader of the World Economic Forum. Chris, will you play this? Are we living in some weird horror movie? We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic. Okay, a couple things. Let's set aside the cyber attack doomsday stuff real quick because now I think I need to go change my pants. That's one. Two. Everybody knows I'm not exactly the most culturally sensitive. Chris, is that fair? Is that a fair way to put that? Not culturally sensitive. Michael, is that fair? I'm not not very. Now, I don't know why I get away with it. People say I get away with it because I'm just generally just a barbarian anyway. I, the wife just called me a barbarian this morning. I was just you know, chasing around the kitchen. Look, don't get within arm's reach, woman. That's your problem. But anyway. Doesn't the accent make it twice as creepy? Is it me? Is it me? I mean, Chris, I don't think I have to point it out to you, but doesn't the accent make it almost a little bit worse? Chris, will you play this one more time? It's it's the German, and it it really sounds ugly. We all know, but still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack, which would bring 
to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen. Okay, Chris, I can't take that voice anymore. I can't take that voice. You know what? We should probably elaborate on this. I'm going to get to the head of the NIH resigning here in a second. That is interesting, but I'm not a doomsday prepper. I'm not a survival expert. Chris, reach out to our doomsday prepper friend and get him back on the show now, please. We do have a doomsday prepper who's been on the show before, and sadly... He's not a wacko. He was actually just a very practical guy that does this kind of stuff. So we're going to bring him back on. I'll let you know when he's coming on. But I will tell you this. You should have, obviously, yes, everyone knows you need to have some canned foods and and some extra water. It would be really, really helpful and not that expensive if you had a way to make your own clean drinking water. You can do without a lot of things if this kind of cyber attack stuff actually happens. Clean drinking water is not one of those things. And listen, if you drink dirty water when everything's gone downhill, what happens is, well, I mean, I I don't need to elaborate for you. Just know that I've had two different parasites in my life. You get very, very sick and you get twice as dehydrated. And then you don't have any clean drinking water to rehydrate yourself. It's a very serious situation if you get yourself into dirty water. And the, and the reason I bring this up is, let's just say your local water plant gets, gets hacked. You don't have clean drinking water anymore if they do. And I'm not telling you to go spend a bunch of money. I know you're not made of money. I'm not made of money. Get yourself some kind of filtration system that can ensure you have drinkable water. All right? Drinkable water. If you want to call in with your doomsday uh, preparation list, that would be fine too. But let's get to a couple more things. Francis Collins, he's the director. You probably don't know that name. He's the director of the National Institutes of Health, and he announced he's going to step down from his post at the end of the year, which is funny because just recently – Some things came out. Some emails were released, and we're going to be talking about those probably with Raheem Kassam tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Francis Collins and the head of the NIH and why he would resign at this point from such a prestigious post. I'll just say this. The origins of coronavirus and who paid for possible the creation of coronavirus It's very, very, very interesting. Very interesting. Moving on. U.S. State Department. We're not in the position to say how many Americans remain in Afghanistan. I'm sorry? You're the... You're the U.S. State Department. (laughs) That's that's like your entire job. What, um, what, What would you say you do here? You you don't know? You're not in a position to say how many Americans remain? And I'm sorry, I'm not going to let this go. I'm not going to let go of the fact that the Biden administration caused the disaster. They got 13 of our warriors incinerated. And then we promptly drone striked a family of 10, tried to claim it was ISIS at first, and now we realize it was a bunch of adorable little kids. And then they yanked us out with Americans still in country trying to get out. And the State Department is still just... Lost, completely lost. 
What? It's hard to accept where we are right now. And I, I, the reason I laugh so much about it is what else can you do? It's hard to accept right now that we don't have experts anymore. And I've, I've tried to explain this before, why we don't have experts. When all the filtration systems to get to the level of expertise, when all of them are manipulated and corrupted and rotted, then you can't possibly achieve real expertise anymore. I mean, there are college students right now all across the country that have to acknowledge more than two genders in order to graduate. You see what I mean about the filtration system? Who's your military expert right now? Millie? Oh, hang on. He's got to call China to make sure he's got permission to call himself an expert first. I mean, I'm going to play you some Fauci audio that is, man, jaw-dropping here in a second. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm so excited to get the Doomsday Prepper back on, Chris. And we were t- we were going over some things that we need for the new studio. And well, our studio's not done yet, by the way. And that's when your history stuff gets to come back because it'll be closer. And it, it, it just, it's just a long story, but it gets to come back then. We're having trouble locating a cannon. I do not think this is an unreasonable request. And yes, we want one on the on the wheels, like everything. I'm talking straight up Napoleon. Why are these things so hard to come by? Well, we're going to find a cannon. If you have a line on a cannon, or if you just want to call and yell or email and yell at me or, or ask or send your Ask Dr. Jesse questions, send it to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. We need that cannon, people. We need that cannon. <clears throat> I'm going to get to this Fauci audio in your calls here in just a second, but... Hey, Jesse, given your extensive knowledge and background, who do you think is ultimately responsible for putting an honest, honorable man in the brig for voicing an opinion universally shared by most Americans that the Afghanistan scenario was a Charlie Foxtrot of epic proportions? I'm not going to tell you what a Charlie Foxtrot means because this is a family show. Uh, Go ask your salty grandfather. He'll know. Does it does it uh, does it go clear up to the hollow-eyed, empty-headed ghoul with no guts, brains, heart, or soul? Well, <clears throat> here's what we have right now running the country. He's talking about Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. He's the Marine who had the guts to step up, put out a video, and say, "Hey, I know it's going to cost me my career. Why is there no accountability from leadership? All this is in vain. Leadership never steps up and takes responsibility for it." And he was right about everything. He said, "Right about everything." And all of a sudden, he gets thrown in the brig, and no one can figure out a reason why. Remember what we talked about with Donald Trump? Donald Trump was, and I'm going to tie this back in. Hang on a second. Donald Trump was, love him or hate him, he was a disruptor to the system. What we have right now is a system. We don't have a, a real unique country now. We have a country where each and every cultural leader of every industry, entertainment, politics, everything, they all believe and want the same things. So they're all always working together, and they're always working together against you. That's why I call it the system. This is not uncommon. When, you're, when your culture begins to get fat, bored, and decadent, it descends into this, and it gets rotted out at the top, and, and your cultural leaders are just there to destroy the place and enrich themselves. That's what, that's what we have right now. Well, when you get to that situation like that, those cultures usually will get disruptors who will step up and try to change the direction. That's what Trump was. 
Again, you don't have to love him. You don't have to hate him, but that's what he was. He was a disruption. His trade deals, his border policies, it, just, it was a real big disruption on the status quo. Trump steps up in there, and how did Trump get treated? Remember, he was president of the United States of America. He was the top dog. And for four years, they kneecapped that guy and dragged that guy through the mud and impeached him. Impeachment is a huge deal. They impeached him twice over nothing. They threw in every... That's what the system does to disruptors. That's what you're seeing right now with Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. Everybody, politician and general alike has gone with the flow in Afghanistan for 20 years, lining their own pockets, enjoying that sweet defense contractor money, throwing a bunch of extra ribbons and medals on their chest, advancing in rank, politicians out there selling it as patriotism for you. Everyone just kind of wanted to go along. Just don't talk about Afghanistan in a bad way, man. Hey, we got a good thing going here. And then one guy steps up and says, this is wrong. This is garbage. Well, it doesn't matter who made the decision to throw him in. He's a system disruptor. He got thrown in the brig. And it should be noted he just got out. Either he just got out or he's going to be out any minute. They're processing him out of the brig. I believe he may already be out, but he's getting out as we speak. They're just going to destroy him and his career. They're going to destroy him completely. They'll put a gag order on him. Because the system is never in a million years going to allow one to attack it from within the system. They would never allow that. And that's why I said, look, I I understand this is a radical, controversial thing to say, but I do believe it all the way. And I believe history proves me possibly right. I wish Donald Trump was still president, obviously. I'm sure you do, too. I, I really wish Donald Trump was still president. But there is a part of me that is glad that he is not president. I believe they would have killed him. I do believe it. I've always believed this. Systems, if they can't purge you, they find other ways. I mean, you know the story of Julius Caesar, right? Julius Caesar, everyone knows how he got stabbed by all his friends in the Senate. Julius Caesar was the last in a long line of system disruptors who were running to try to to get rid of the corrupt elite in Rome. They killed all of them. Caesar was just the latest. They killed every single daggone one of them. They'd kill them in public. You mess with enough wealthy, powerful people for long enough, I don't care whether you're the Roman emperor or president of the United States of America, they'll kill you. They will kill you. It can get real, real hazardous to your health offending too many wealthy, powerful people. That's a fact. That is a fact. John in California, go. Okay, Jesse, this is directed to all the women that you're that are listening. The next time you get accosted in a store by some pusillanimous cuckold crying about you not wearing a mask, you all have pepper spray. Don't even speak. Don't open your mouth. Just spray him in the face. And while he's lying there crying like a little girl, ask him how that mask is working. <laughs> I do not encourage that behavior at all. Not even one little bit. Joaquin in Pennsylvania, go. Jesse, all right, check out a place called Soccer Arms in eastern Pennsylvania. They had a Gatling gun on their showroom floor. What? They They might get you a cannon. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the name of that place, Joaquin? 
Sarco Arms. S A R C O. They arms. had a Gatlin gun. Oh. Yes, that one time they had a Gatlin. Yeah, and, and you see, they they import stuff from all over the world. They buy. They've been buying stuff out, so they have warehouses and stuff. Chris, and we need a Gatlin gun. Go ahead and get on that. Go ahead, Joaquin. Sorry, go ahead, brother. Anyway, as a despotic darkness falls across our land, America's midnight hour is now close at hand. Joe Biden and his hordes of communist rules are closing in to seal America's doom. And though you fight to keep her light of freedom alive, your soul begins to shiver. For America might not escape the destruction of the evil Democrats' communist thriller. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. I like a little poetry, Chris. Did you know that I was a bit of a poet myself back in the day. What? I was, Chris. Johnny, go. Two things there, Jesse. If people want to know the brutality about the Pacific, they need to get the Pacific, the miniseries, and see the 1st Marine Division on Peleliu and Okinawa, and then multiply what they see by the nastiness of what happened during the battles. And then, two, if you want a cannon, I think the people at Pawn Stars might be able to hook you up. Pawn, Pawn Stars, Chris. Pawn Stars. Thank you, Johnny. What is wrong with you, Chris? Learn to adjust for accents, man. He's from the Northeast. Gosh. This, the, the maturity level on this show. You know what, Chris? You know what I need? I need leadership. Give me, give me the voice of a leader right now, Chris. When you build a charging station, it's like back in the day when my grandpa worked for the American Oil Company back in the turn of the, in the 1920 in that area. They went from state to state convincing people that they put allow them to put 20,000 gallons of gasoline under the ground. They didn't want them around. <laughs> it's never going to stop being funny to me that we uh, look. I know it's a disaster, but we elected a man as president of the United States of America, he can't talk. He can't complete sentences. Shouldn't that be one of, the, I don't know, one of the base requirements for the job? Uh, you're a president. Get up and speak clearly. Gosh, it blows me away. All right, we got headlines I didn't get to next, and maybe one more little bit of audio there from Barr. But first, my pillow. My my pillow not only fit me for my very own my pillow. They not only got me my pillow slippers and my pillow mattress toppers and I'm, I mean all their stuff is so awesome. They got me Giza dream sheets and oh my gosh, these things are so absurdly comfortable. Giza dream sheet. Giza's the world's best cotton and these sheets are super soft and breathable. I don't just sit and bake under them. Yet they last for a long time and right now there's a steel on them. For a limited time only, it's buy one, get one free with the promo code JESSE. You have to go to MyPillow.com. You have to click on the radio listener specials, and you have to use the promo code JESSE, and you get buy one, get one free. Or just call 800-845-0544. Use the promo code JESSE. Enjoy the best sheets ever. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. You're welcome. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to here in just a second, but I'm going to play this again from Bill Barr because I think it's worth it. Remember, the Attorney General under Joe Biden 
He just declared war on parents concerned about critical race theory and masking. He just used the Federal Bureau of Investigation to scare parents into silence. What do our attorney generals say? Stuff like this. What happened to the president in the 2016 election and throughout the first two years of his administration was abhorrent. The proper investigative and prosecutive standards of the Department of Justice were abused in order to reach a particular result. We saw two different standards of justice emerge, one that applied to President Trump and the other that applied to everybody else. We can't allow this ever to happen again. And it will determine whether there were any federal laws broken, and if there were, those who broke the laws uh, will be held to account. But this cannot be, and it will not be, a tit-for-tat exercise. We are not going to lower... Oh, okay. Uh, boy, if that isn't so typical. Uh, wow, I mean, we're not going to... We're not going to lower ourselves to that. Democrats take power and immediately use power. Republicans take power. They're scared to death to use any of it. And that's why we get our teeth kicked in time and time and time again. And it's also why it should be noted. It's why I've been screaming about the right hyperventilating about January 6th ever since that day. It was a coup. It was an insurrection. Lock them up for life. Okay, whatever you think about that day, I don't care. How could you be so blind to see Democrats are using that day to make you a domestic terrorist? And there's a reason they want to label you a domestic terrorist or potential domestic terrorist. There's only one reason. So they can use the force of government against you. Democrats are dying to send the FBI to your door. Can I see some ID, sir? So they can intimidate you into shutting up and getting out of your way. They want to send the IRS and the ATF to your home. They want to take all this power the federal government has acquired, and they want to use it for their own political purposes. Wake up. Headline. Northwell Health lays off 1,400 employees who defied COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Well, I can certainly think of nothing more beneficial to the public health than staring at 1,400 people and telling every single one of them, you're fired. I've said it before. I will say it again. This virus has turned people into absolute monsters. Absolute monsters. What is wrong with you? Honestly, I hate communists. I don't. I don't mince. I don't mince. I don't mince words about it. I despise communists. If you're the type of person who is pro-vaccine mandate, I love that employers are doing this. You're my enemy. You're my enemy for life. Gosh, that is freaking evil. Imagine. You know. I'm no. I'm not letting this go. Imagine. Being a healthcare worker, that's, by the way, uh, uh, that's New York's largest private healthcare provider, private hospital system. New York, imagine breaking yourself during a pandemic, working the brutal hours they had to work, especially because nurses were calling in sick, nurses were quitting, and you kill yourself for two years at your job only to get handed a pink slip because you don't want a vaccine. And may I just point something out? 
is anyone else finding it a little odd that all these healthcare workers are willing to get fired instead of take the vaccine? Hmm. Something to think about. Headline, outrage erupts in Milwaukee after 11-year-old girl killed in a drive-by shooting. I'm not going to give out her name. Uh, Prayers for her family. Outrage, huh? Yeah, but where's the outrage pointed? Because the outrage never seems to be pointed in the right direction. The outrage gets pointed at the cops, or if there's a Republican president, the outrage will get pointed there. Very, very, very few people on either side genuinely seem interested in real change for the urban black community in this country that has been a war zone for a long time. People seem very interested in pointing fingers and not blaming themselves, blaming everyone else. And, of course, the cops, people don't seem to actually want to change this. So, no, I'm done caring about outrage. Okay, go burn something. That's not going to accomplish change. It's not going to accomplish anything you want. Headline, Minnesota middle school, middle school announces it will stop giving Fs to fight systemic racism. Dang, I wish I'd have gone to that middle school. Headline, Democratic Party's approval rating plummets among independents. Well, they're in very, very, very deep trouble. The Democrats are in very deep trouble. Chris, write this down. As you know, I am the oracle. Democrats are going to get absolutely slaughtered in the 2022 uh, election. They're going to lose the House massively. Republicans will have a large majority in the House. There's a chance Democrats are going to lose the Senate. It's going to be ugly. Headline. FBI raids NYPD union and home of union chief in ongoing investigation. You know what's so sad? You read this. And there's, uh, you know, allegations of corruption and whatnot in here. The second I saw FBI raids, NYPD union and home of union chief, I thought, oh, they must be Republicans. That's what I thought. That's not my problem. That's the FBI's problem. And if that's the perception of half the United States of America, that's a really, really, really big deal. And right now, that's the perception of half the United States of America. And the problem we're in is none of these disgusting, corrupt losers who have destroyed themselves and their reputation, none of them seem even slightly interested in repairing their reputations. They're all just doubling down and doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. Your job is to earn my trust back. It's not my job to trust you blindly. There seems to be so a lot of confusion there. All right. Maybe we'll have a doomsday prepper for you tomorrow. Maybe we'll have Raheem Kassam blowing the rooftop off the place. We'll have to wait and see. That's all. So-